2: This episode of Butchers Breakaway is brought to you by you, the listener, where you can subscribe to us, the podcast, on patreon.com. So Breakaway it helps us keep the show going, to be honest with you. We do the BSBOTs there, have a Discord, it's pretty awesome. I'm in the woods, you probably know that already. I'm on vacation like a true insider, drinking margaritas, not paying attention to hockey, my phone is off. So if Alco has been traded, or has there been something that has happened with the New York Rangers, I do not know. And, uh... I'm scared that that is, the, is going to be the case, I'll be perfectly honest with you. So we make reference to that in this episode because we recorded it right after, or rather right before our last week's episode, and we have Emma Viglin on where we do some bold predictions, we talk about uh, media, and a bunch of other things, including uh, a ton of Rangers offseason, and who else knows. So, uh, let's get to the show, and here's Mark Messier.
3: Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
2: Fans. Welcome to the Week of the Bushes. I'm in the woods. Greg, how are you? Say hello.
3: <laughs> I have been, it has felt like weeks since I have sat at this computer and did something else with my life.
2: People think, so that I think it makes sense. This episode is being recorded a week later, but it's not. We're actually recording it at the same time we recorded the last 17 hours of our podcast. But
3: yeah, so first first, first thing we got to get out of the way Jack Eichel finally in New York, Ranger.
2: Crazy. Yeah, I'm going to have some canned responses uh, that I, I tweet out before I leave for vacation. I've already been on vacation for five days, if you're listening to this. But I'm without a cell phone. So if, if Michael has happened, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but I don't think it'll happen until training camp. But uh, we have our good friend Emma Viglin on the show. We talk a lot about New York sports and the offseason in general.
3: Talk, talk a, lot a lot about sitting about and tops. tubs.
2: A lot about tubs. Yeah. A lot about tub those, those
3: Those fins, man, they're fucking nuts.
2: Yep, that's true. Um, so before we do that, I just want to do a quick... I'm going to do a little sports media trick. Since we don't know what's happening and we can't cover the New York Ranger news of the Monday because I am not available and I am currently in the woods, I'm likely on a kayak right now as we're recording.
3: How is Lieber doing these days? (laughs) He's doing good.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah. It's funny. I I found him in the woods. He was like, do you want to go swimming? I said, yes. Paddle along. Right into our hearts. Uh, I figured we'd do a quick 10 bold predictions for the New York Rangers season and you, I, I have mine written down and you can comment and tell me I'm an idiot. This is the easiest thing oh. for you ever. I'm just teeing you up. This,
3: this really is.
2: I figured it out. So here we go. Here are my top 10 bold predictions. One of them we cover and you do call me an idiot later in this podcast. Fantastic. Uh, my number one, I have Igor finishes top three in the Vesna. Mm,
3: I don't know if it's his time. <laughs>
2: We've just been recording for two and a half hours at this point, where I'm just like kind of going stir crazy, and I think yeah. that was a perfect joke that hit. Very. Thank hard. you, thank
3: you. Um, in all seriousness, that's one where
2: I think Ooh. the potential is I... so easily there for Igor to take the next step to go up to the level because the Tampa big goal is going to be right up there. He's incredible, Vasilevsky.
3: But I, th- I think, I think at this point, Ryan. The gambler inside of me. By the way, um, if you're listening to this, you already know that gambling with Greg is back.
2: Whoa! Fitz
3: is helping me do it. Really? We do NFL. Yeah, we're doing NFL over under. Actually, why am I saying this as if it hasn't happened yet? We did NFL over under win totals for the upcoming season, plus the five shitty college football games that already happened this weekend. Shout out! I'm assuming UConn for losing at Fresno State. There's no way they won that game. I'm super excited. Feel confident saying that uh, right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's going to be fun, but I would say, instead of just going, he's going to finish top three, the odds are going to be juicy enough where if you feel that Ray wine, Ryan, you should just bet him to win. Cause my guess is he's not going to be, he's his odds won't be lower than 25 to one. So if you really think there's a, in your head, there's a logical chance for Igor Shostakhin to finish top three. If you truly believe that, then you truly believe that there's a logical chance Igor Shostakhin is the best goalie next season in the National Hockey League, which according to the GMs who vote on this award means he got the most wins. So if you feel that way, I would suggest as your financial advisor
2: to put some cabbage on him
3: to win the entire thing. Because if you're going to... I personally wouldn't, because I think it's a little too, I, not, not to make the joke, I just, I don't see a way where the New York Rangers are one of the five best teams in the NHL next year. Yeah. And I think the person who wins the Vesna will be a goalie for one of the five best teams in the NHL next year. Because historically, that is how the award is handed out. Unless you're Carey Price, in which you're given the award because I guess you learned how to walk. I, I think idea. you, yeah, I think you should just bet it. I, I don't endorse you doing this. But if that's an opinion you absolutely have, I think it's actually a little irresponsible if you're not to place the weight, wa- the wager because the odds are gonna be this is why we're here as no. fat as they're ever gonna be.
2: Bold predictions. That's what we're going for. Actually, we're not even gonna cover this one that much because you yell at me later. My second bold prediction is New York Rangers finish second place in the metro behind the Penguins.
3: Yeah, you're a fucking idiot who shits in the tub. Next one. <laughs> okay, yeah, keep going.
2: Kako scores 25 goals this year. He's gonna play first line minutes with possibly either Jack Eichel or Mika Zabinajad. Most likely, Mika Zabinajad. which is going to give him the ability to... I mean, if if people aren't double covering Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin on your top line, if Artemi Panarin is playing up there, depending on what Gallant does, and Kako is the number one right right winger, I can't see a situation where he doesn't at least score 20.
3: Uh, I can see a couple. Mostly that if you're playing on a line with Mika Zibanejad, Mika Zibanejad's taking up a lot of oxygen on that line in terms of the goal count right he loves to shoot
2: loves to score too yeah
3: I part of what made Kreider Zibanejad Bucnevich so magical is that Bucnevich was so content to be the playmaker Kreider was so content to be the fat ass in front of the net and Zibanejad was so content with shooting um I don't think it's unrealistic I would just say that Kako has a better shot of getting those goals if he's not on Zabinajad's line, as crazy as that is to say.
2: Brings me my next point: Kravtsov isn't the answer at right wing and struggles. In Buffalo? Yes, In Buffalo. Well, because again, they're,
3: they're Jack Jack Eichel, New York Ranger.
2: Yeah, that's well, that's prediction number ten. Um, so this is this is where I go to the next one. I don't. I I, don't, I, I got to
3: tell you, I don't think you're necessarily wrong about Kravtsov. I think. I, I'm I, really worried. I'm more worried. Yeah, than I I, I'd say if he's your, he shouldn't be the guy you're relying on to be your number two right winger. Not at this point. Whether he could be at some point in time in the future, I listen. It 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 it's no secret that Russian hockey players just develop at a different speed, and it seems as though that speed is just slower. Pavel Buchnevich didn't really enjoy his breakout. He didn't become a what we thought Pavel Buchnevich could be Still until Bucinevich. last season. Yeah, Kravtsov is what four years younger. He is. So I, it's a lot of responsibility you're putting on a kid on a team that's supposed to be playing this kind of hockey, and I, it, it's, it's an untenable situation because either he has to play in the top six and he has to play with players that can generate offense for him, or you're bumping him down to line three moving Philip Heedle to the wing, and now Vitali Kravtsov is going to be asked to create offense next to a guy in Barclay Goodrow who literally is allergic to creating offense? It, 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 to me, it sounds like we are putting Vitaly Kravtsov in a situation to fail, and I don't think that's fair to Vitaly Kravtsov, and I think it's even less fair that we traded him to Buffalo.
2: That brings me to my next one, which is Goodrow plays a lot of time on the second line, and you're not surprised about it because he becomes the second line right winger.
3: I, I think I don't... I, there's a scenario in which it could happen, and honestly, if you have Artemi Panarin on your line and you want just one of your forwards to be a third defenseman to allow Artemi Panarin to do whatever the fuck he wants to do, I, I, I can't sit here and tell you that's a bad idea.
2: Wow, you're bringing. But this home I, I think my next point is Artemi Panarin ha- finally has his 100 point season.
3: Yeah, I, I think it's much more likely that Philip Hedl becomes the Rangers' second line winger, and Barclay Goodrow shifts back to center on the third line than it is that Goodrow plays second line minutes, but. I can't sit here and say I'd be surprised if it happens.
2: Yeah, so I think Artemi ends up actually he was on a hundred point pace. Absolutely, when the season was cut short due to COVID, that was his heart year. No. Uh, I think yeah, he finally. but Panarin, gets...
3: Panarin will be fine because the Rangers, as long as he's on the power play, he's going to get his points for sure. And I, I listen, I, I know he also is a lead at even strength. I'm not saying he is a, a power play point manipulation. He isn't. He's great in all cir- circumstances. But my point is, as great as he is on even strength, he's even better on the power play. And as long as he's on the power play, the Rangers are going to score goals and he's going to be responsible for those goals being scored, either by putting the puck in the net himself or by creating a pass that shouldn't be created to a player who then either puts the puck in the net himself or Ryan it by missing the open net. And I, I, I just think that's what's going to happen over an 82-game season with Artemi Panera next season.
2: Niels Lundqvist becomes the power play two quarterback.
3: That's 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 a riddle that we need answered. Are the Rangers going to have a second power play unit? I understand that they had five guys that relieved the first power play unit for about 30 minutes a game, a 30 seconds <laughs> like a game. 26 seconds, yeah, yeah or less. Yeah, I, I need to know from Glott if he's going to roll power play lines or if it's going to be a stacked unit like it was under David Quinn. Could it be? Yeah, sure, I think so. We know Fox is going to stay on power play one.
2: That's a fact. I,
3: yeah, I would assume that Lundquist, they would – I'd be surprised if they started the season with Lundqvist on there. I bet you we see a lot of either Truba or Miller. I have always been, and you could go back into the archives. We've done 301 episodes of this. Way back in the day, I was someone saying, get Ryan McDonough off your first power play unit because you need to find him minutes to get off the ice somewhere. And that was the one part of his game that seemed the most replaceable with what the New York Rangers had at the time. You want to play him all the time at even strength. You want to play him on the penalty kill. All for it. Stop playing him on the power play. I think the Rangers are going to get to a point with – they are definitely at that point with Ryan Lindgren, but maybe Jacob Truba becomes so important to this Rangers penalty kill that they stop giving him power play minutes. I don't think, as of right now, if the Rangers have two power play units and one defenseman on each unit, I don't think you can make a really good argument that it should be Lundquist right now over Truba without allowing Lundquist to get his feet wet a little bit. But I think by the end of the season, I would be surprised if it isn't, honestly.
2: I'm with you. Obviously, it's my bold prediction. Chris Kreider is consistent instead of streaky for the first year in his life. No. Okay. 0% okay. chance. Because <laughs>
3: he, even he, he consistent when healthy, but I promise you he's going to miss two, three weeks.
2: Yeah, that is a Chris Kreider a tradition. Uh, there are five fights on opening night. Is that too low?
3: Let's see. Uh, well, I think it might be too low because I think as soon as the game starts, you're getting a line brawl. So are you counting that as one fight? Or three individual fights happening simultaneously.
2: Mm, that's a good point. I didn't think about it that far. Can I put this together? Yeah, again? if if you're
3: counting that as one fight, then yes. If you're counting that at three individual fights, then no. You are very
2: wrong. Up to interpretation. And my number ten I would say
3: I would say if the over under was two and a half fights per period, I would be willing to take the over in the first and second period. And I'd think long and hard if, if the if the game's a blowout and I can make the bet during the second intermission. I'd pound the shit out of the over. I, I think the correct number is somewhere around six and a half if you set a line going into the night.
2: Boy, that's going to be an insane game. We're going to have to do a post game on that one. Uh, I, I mean, Eichel's going to be a range. I game. mean, the game's going to
3: start in 13 minutes at this rate, so that's true. might as well just keep going. <laughs>
2: Um, Eichel is going to be a Ranger and booch The Booch trade wasn't for nothing bonus. Both Booch and Tony will score versus the New York Rangers this year. There you go. Well, Yeah.
3: The, the second part is a guarantee. A and the bonus. first part's a guarantee. Cause it already happened.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. All right, everybody. I'm in the woods. As I stated, uh, we we have Emma coming up and we'll be back next Monday to cover everything we missed. Here's a little bit of bold prediction for you. Emma, Emma. We talk about the whole off season. We'll talk about the Knicks. We talk about Zach. Will- Poops. Uh, talk. <laughs> we talk about pooping in tubs. Oh God. I'm tired. Tran position hey we're back with our first and only guest today we're here with emma viglin and she's of the majority report you can watch it on youtube i do sometimes emma Damn. how are you
4: oh you do that's good to know right i I'm, tune I'm in well. once how in a while
2: because I, I message you and i'm like why isn't she respond? oh she's
4: <laughs> yeah, it's a two and a half hour daily show so i do that God, uh, God bless. from 12 to 2 30 or if you're watching us on peacock which you're probably not it's uh it's one hour for them,
2: right. Then the bonus is on, on the YouTube's. Well, we we brought mm-hmm. you on to talk about. Uh, right now, as you're listening to this, I'm in the woods. I talked about that earlier. I'm in the great state of Maine, hiking. My phone is off, so if Jack Eichel has been traded, some of this conversation is null. We'll talk about the rea- <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about some of the reactions and some of that. But let's start there. Uh, you and I have been chatting back and forth for months. Like, when is this saga gonna end? You follow a lot of New York sports. Is there anything you've seen like this over the years that you can kind of compare it to?
4: No, I mean, the Rick Nash trade is reminiscent, right, Uh, in terms of just how long that percolated. But I kind of went through this as a diehard New York Giants fan a little bit in a very truncated way with the Kenny Galladay stuff. And Galladay is not the kind of player, comparatively, that Jack Eichel is, right? Nope. Um, Seems like a lot of people in Rangers universe they they have zero concept of how good jack eichel is but uh, that's, that's true a different story yeah i've never experienced such pain and you say we're chatting it's more just me kind of uh <laughs> just reaching out to you for any piece of information that i can find as you are you know you two are my connection into this wor- world as the insiders with multiple r's that you are
2: thank you it's a yep. uh, it's a it's a stressful Situation for people to reach out to me and be like, "What's the latest on Eichel?" Well, so far as I could tell, uh, Buffalo does, set their price and they're not moving it. The Rangers set their price and they're not moving it. And now they're both staring at each other, holding guns.
4: <laughs> well, that's <laughs> that's what it's gotta be, right? I mean, I mean, we're we're having these conversations about what's Plan B. To me, it's it's just so super, super clear that because Drury shares an agent with Eichel, there is an understanding there that if the Rangers aren't the front runners, they're at least very much in the conversation. And so if there's going to be some sort of trade going down, the the agent is going to communicate that with Drury and vice versa. So like, I, I just think that there's a lot of overthinking about this from I, I Rangers Twitter or the, the, the Rangers ecosystem. Like, this is the plan and if he's not made available we'll probably just go into the season with the soldiers that we have and i think that the the organization is comfortable with that because they're not going to mortgage their future for a lesser player which i think is the right attitude even though i I haven't agreed with a lot of things that have been done in this offseason thus far
3: you know how i know neither of you are met fans though (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because we're sitting here talking we're like, oh, this Jack Eichel stuff is so frustrating, and it's, it's, it's like you didn't get to experience the Kumar Rocker saga that lasted. Six I, look, weeks. I'm a
4: I'm a casual Mets fan, so yes, I did. My stepbrother is this is the diehard, so I lived through his pain. I understand but, a little bit.
3: But even even before Rocker, that was the will the will they or won't they with the Francisco Lindor extension, yeah. where it came down to the last fifteen minutes, and then if you want to go back to like trade. Mike and the Mad Dog were on WFAN in 1998, openly pining for the Mets to trade Mike, for Mike Piazza. And the Mets, the entire time, were like, nah, I don't, I don't think so. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm not really feeling it. And they got to a point where they're like, fine, Jesus Christ, shut up. We'll trade for Mike Piazza. Like, this is stuff that just happens to the Mets. And now you're getting a sliver of it happening to the Rangers. And I'd like to welcome you to the miserableness. It's <laughs> oh, sure.
4: It is well, a forever I mean, pain. I, I get a sh- my fair share of pain with following the Knicks, so... Um, full, fully get it, but there is really, truly nothing like in at least the New Yorks metropolitan area. Maybe the Jets, but they're so such a dumpster fire. I can't imagine rooting for them in in the first place. But uh, the, like being a, a Mets fan, that that is a unique type of pain.
3: Yeah, it's you. You almost have to enjoy it. Yeah, you have to not just enjoy it, but willingly expect it. I'm and learning um, a little
4: bit about your kinks here, Greg.
3: Yeah, <laughs> we don't shame Listen, here. We're kick kink friendly podcast. It's yes, obviously. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I need women in my life who just want to put me through the emotional ringer. And that is if you can't everything I've ever wanted more to
2: Greg, what the Mets do to him. Don't even line up.
3: <laughs> I honestly I honest, like when I was growing up, I don't follow this rule anymore because I'm just dead inside. But from years like 18 to about 27, the one rule I had was I wouldn't date a Met fan. And now mm-hmm. that like I've survived, 2015 and onward um honestly if you put yourself through it you might actually be the perfect woman for me <laughs> at this point in time
4: <laughs> so wait but why is that the rule don't you want so to when I something was, in common
3: well no when i was i when i was growing up my biggest fear was um a girl would break my heart and i would associate her with the mets and i wouldn't be able to disassociate that pain and suffering from the other pain and suffering in my life um Double and then own. i again i realized i hit a point where it's just like no actually it makes the most sense if she is a Met fan because i'm gonna be miserable anyway so this works out
4: that's called maturity is it no <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh, we, know, we do a lot of stuff on the show maturity not one of them but well, no i
4: appreciate it
2: nobody to give us notes now there you go very fun uh,
4: ah well i would love that's something i have not talked to you guys about behind oh, the scenes oh, right i'm just oh, yeah. i am curious about uh, uh, uh anything and and everything involving that but maybe that's the there may or may not be
2: a special patreon where we allegedly talk about an, another company and then literally call it something else the entire time for reasons ah. <laughs> yeah like,
3: like the uh like the the schmaffletic
4: yeah yeah ah. yeah okay
3: Let's just say that we had a no movement clause that was coming up, and <laughs> we, did. we wanted to get a surgery before it went into place.
4: Yeah,
2: like but put they up a billboard. To to
3: get said surgery.
2: Yeah,
4: like yeah,
2: they wouldn't let us do. There's certain things like put up billboards and stuff like that.
4: Oh, well then you've got to request a trade that oh,
3: the, negative, we said we want negative a thousand percent chance that billboard happens. If we were still with the company who shall not
2: be named.
4: Well, so I mean, what a waste of money. You idiots! Yeah. Uh, really
2: stupid. Let me just name some people that didn't cover it. SI uh, NHL network. Oh, literally every, everybody except for that former company. That's weird.
4: <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's, interesting choice.
2: Very strange. But I mean,
4: come on that paid for itself. Like there was this whole thing that went down with my boss with it might have gone a little viral uh, with my co-host for the majority report Sam Cedar, he, he trolled this guy named Stephen Crowder via the H3 podcast you can look it up it's very beautiful. And like there were after that it was such like it, the, the publicity was so massive for our show from like the H3 audience I mean this is a bit ridiculous for for. People may not know who are listening, but anyway, we got a lot of attention for it and we were thinking about ways to capitalize on it, including like a skywriting campaign Hell yeah! over July 4th with like, but it was a ton of money. But the argument that we were making was, Oh, it pays for itself. I mean, this is like free advertising. You're going to get media that pays attention to it. It's a, a ridiculous stunt and it's like complete bait for all of these outlets that are dying to write about something. It's for you guys in the off season of the NHL, where nothing is moving with with Jack, Eichel. we were literally Isn't the it? only
2: story for an entire Monday.
4: Exactly. I mean, it was genius. Entire
2: Monday, it was a full week. <laughs> <It was>. <laughs> <laughs> they right. were like, they were like the Olympics, and I guess this billboard has anybody? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> and that was it. Was like these Ranger, and they would refuse to say our names. Actually, on NHL radio, they said uh, at one point they went, "No free advertisement," so I won't say the name of the podcast or their Twitter handles, but. So, whatever. It was, it was, yeah, it was but, still but great.
4: People have access to phones and Google. So. Strange,
2: huh?
4: I, just,
3: I, 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 I like this theory where you picked a fight. Was it H3 or 3H? H3. H3 they're, is, they're a YouTube I've, channel. H3? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, in my head, that's just Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H. <laughs> so, you're just picking fights with uh, the game? No, Triple uh-huh. H was I, on their side. They were part no, of no, no. DX the in this situation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah I I personally I, I Bauer. like
4: Think about I like the, I like this scenario a lot
3: more.
4: Think about if we picked a fight with Trevor Bauer for for publicity just kind of like same energy for the guy that we picked the fight with. Ugh,
2: just it, that's enough of, That's enough for Greg. He can't go any more than yeah. that. That's for I, Yeah, I don't I don't, I'm not going down that
3: road. <laughs> that, I just Man, speaking of things that would make me question being a Met fan ever
2: again.
4: Oh boy! Yeah, that's so up glad there. that didn't happen. That's what happened yeah. with
2: the Hurricanes this season so far. I mean, uh, we we have a segment we did earlier where we talk about uh, predictions, and one of my predictions is absolutely that Tony scores versus the Rangers, but he also makes Carolina fans miserable the entire year. So oh, it's well, yeah, that's
4: a given. Yeah, there I, you go. I cannot believe he got another chance. I mean, this being the stupidest league in the Big Four, which I mean, they're, they're likely to even be considered. Can. you – why i mean this guy is a the definition do, of a locker room cancer you want the you want the real
2: honest video. answer and this is uh sometimes i guess hard to hear for some people he could play hockey really well and some of the guys in the locker room legitimately really like tony
3: yeah I, I i don't think it's a sum either which i think drives people even more insane um, what do you mean i i don't think trying to think of the easiest way to word this um, I don't think Tony was the less popular planer player that got in the fight last year.
2: Uh-huh. But between Georgiev and him, yes. So Yeah. Yeah.
3: I, I think Tony had more fans. Yep. And and, and Tony I think I mean Tony had more fans.
2: Notoriously before this hole went down where he was very Tony online for a very long time. Uh he was very pro sticking up for his teammates. Like would always fight people, would always run after and, you know, chirp and protect all that stuff, which whatever so that, i think well, that's why that's why he like, would got the second chance
4: not, not from just style of play perspective i wouldn't really value him in the same way that the nhl values him as my point like i, I he, mean that's
3: that's that's a fair conversation but yeah. we live in bizarre world where that doesn't really matter i also just think we have to remember that the nhl more than any other league is a league full of guys who a thousand percent fart in the tub and think it's the funniest thing they've heard in their oh, entire life yes so tough, tough parts are you funny know.
2: so i mean <laughs>
3: yeah I, I get it but you know five days a week gets a little old at some point i get it but uh, the point the point there being where i think a lot more people in the league than not thought it was a funny act and even though the three of us can sit here and say it's clearly not an act and it's clearly not funny doesn't really matter
2: what we think i think they also yeah. do the, they also do like the big politics aside kind of deal that's another thing. Well,
4: I mean, the, more than any league of those big four, the politics are shared in the NHL for sure. So, like, I, I mean, I, I I understand that. I just really think, and I'm a, just a fan that tries to observe and, and learn as best as I can on a yearly basis, become a more knowledgeable hockey fan. I prefer when my defensemen can play defense. And, uh, you know... Y- it's hard. I think there's like an overvaluing of him because it's so difficult to find a guy that can handle the puck in the way that he can on the power play or whatever. We have that in Adam Fox now and shouldn't be taken for granted whatsoever. But Adam Fox is like crafty and really smart on the defensive side. Um, D'Angelo was a a liability and I never found him to be that instrumental uh, in that in that way. He especially given the press that he and the headaches he gave to the organization definitely
2: not worth the PR. Uh, the defense was questionable at times, especially during a Carolina game. That's notorious. That will always be the re- the reaction when the Ranger fans think of Tony D'Angelo. In that case, where he just gets absolutely tooled on by Aho, Truba gets pretty worked in that too. By the way, uh, but yeah. but in the same in the same vein, like for a million dollars, if you're taking a risk on a player, like the Rangers were lining up to give Tony D'Angelo 5.5 x five years, like they were ready to go, and then COVID hit and all this happened. So, uh, at a million dollars, I could that if you're making a, a purely business decision, like, hey, can this guy provide us points on the third line? when We just refuse to play Dougie Hamilton. A business decision-wise, maybe that's like, a, oh, sorry, not even business decision because business decision-wise, the well, you pay
4: Dougie Hamilton, but right. they're poor in Carolina. That's the problem; they don't well, have the money. That,
2: that's
3: the thing; they're not poor, and it's just. I don't even want to call them cheap because it's it's not how I conceive cheap to be. Dundon clearly wants, clearly has no problem paying people he thinks is worth paying, which is why Svechnikov and um, Aho will always get the back. They're they're going to oh, be well, fine Ajo's forever.
4: Still so under underpaid, but yeah, yeah
3: the Canadians are idiotic. But mm-hmm. that's neither here nor <laughs> oh, there. That's another fifty minute conversation. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, the problem the problem with Dundon is he sets a it, it, it to go back to Eichel a little bit with Kevin Adams, Dundon very clearly sets a price. And if you don't accept that you are that price, he's just not going to pay you. Mm-hmm. You're done to him. You're, you're gone. If he, if you think you can do better than the contract Dundon wants to give you, congratulations, go get it somewhere else. And that's the thing I think that would frustrate me the most. If that was my team doing that with players who I think are, you know, clearly part of the foundation, clearly helping this team chase the ultimate goal. It's, it's the unwillingness to lose the deal is what I would classify Tom Dundon as. And that would just frustrate me to no end. If you yeah. don't think Dougie Hamilton is worth seven by 10, that's fine. I understand it. You're probably not wrong. But at some point you have to be willing to go a million, a million and a half higher than you would want to just to make sure you get your guy. And if you're not going to do that, it's just going to be a turnstile of players who are very good and can help your team be very good. Continue to leave. Well, especially that in would drive league me like insane.
4: This. Especially in the league, like the NHL. I mean, it, more than anything, I would say hey, like, this isn't, and I follow the NFL really closely. This isn't the NFL where you have a guy that overperforms and you draft him in the fourth round or something like that. And he's a linebacker and you can easily replace that kind of guy or God forbid you're a running back. And, dm's dave gettleman takes him second overall like these these players and honestly it's it's kind of criminal what we pay these late round players given say a running back like james robinson for example undrafted in in jacksonville he's gonna get supplanted he had a great year last year and he'll probably never get paid any significant amount of money just because of the nature of the position but but i digress i mean it's just it's 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 a different league. You do have to pay your stars to an extent in the NHL. And I, I think Carolina is going down a road that's going to maybe seem like it makes fiscal sense in the short term, but probably sap them of talent in the long term. And now, of course, what they're doing is just like, we're going to be Rangers South 2.0. Yeah. Well, a little bizarre. They're yeah. like, hey, they're it worked for Tampa.
3: That was it. They're
2: yeah. essentially trying to be the Oakland A's on ice.
4: Yes, good 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 analogy
2: good enough to get there not good enough to dance that's pretty much. yeah it. and
3: they'll get the star player if the star player is incredibly discount like the difference between the a's and the rays is every now and then the a's do something fancy whereas the rays are just <laughs> the rays always do going to nothing just, fancy yeah like nelson cruz to the rays is such a Great. odd thing to see but with the a's every now and then i mean they've they once upon a time traded for josh donaldson they, I mean, this year traded for Starling Marte. They always seem to make the big move when they need to make the move. But as soon as it comes to having to pay one of those guys, no fucking way. See you
4: mm-hmm.
2: later. Yep. And that's what Carolina.
3: And,
4: and do that right limits now. your organization. Uh, I would, that would frustrate the hell out of me. Uh, but another thing that I would, would bother me about just to bring it back to Tony D'Angelo for a second, yeah, for some for reason, yeah. the like the one thing that would bother me about having that kind of, guy in my locker room and maybe that's just my bias he's coming in right so i that that i'm fully aware of that but i just think the best organizations don't have times for and time for antics like that and you can take it to a certain extent and i probably gave you know like odell beckham jr was a huge huge antic machine and he got but he got at least because he's a superstar like that right but for the most part if you're not a superstar and you're causing a bunch of problems I do think the best organizations are either able to coach that out of those guys or they don't have them in their locker room. And it's just a bizarre choice to voluntarily take that on for a player I think has minimal upside, um, you know, in, in, in a, a time when you're competitive and Ostensibly should be competing for the Stanley Cup, but I don't even think they will next year. Actually, Rod, I, that, you know,
2: you know who Rod is. He's definitely going to be like, "Hey, i He he said to, I mean, he had meetings with season ticket holders and sponsors where he was like, "I can handle this. Don't worry." And that was well,
4: much yeah.
3: it, and not just not just that, but Rod. It was Rod's idea to sign him. It sounded like ownership was really just going to walk away from it, and Rod was saying, "No, go out and get him. I can do this. Get me this guy. He's going to help this team." When win. you're the best, you and love it, a
2: challenge. That's what it is.
3: And, and again, I, as much as it pains me to say this, because, the, again, the three of us would see this as a problem, the locker room just doesn't see Tony as a problem. If anything, they think he's a player's player. And it's, it's not just the point where... I, you go back and think before Georgiev, a lot of what Tony was doing was just picking fights with people online, not anybody in the locker room. And in Tony's mind, what he was or wasn't doing to certain rookies on the team. He didn't see it as bullying. He just thought it was like extremely low level hazing to a point where in his head, nobody's getting hurt because nothing physical is happening. Um, And again, it's just like, I'm sure this is that this way with just about every quote unquote country club sport, right? Sports where the, the price point at a young age is so high and the hours are so weird that it takes a certain family of certain, standing to allow their kid, not just to play it, but excel at a high level. So hockey and um, massage, right? Well, <laughs> hockey, golf, <laughs> baseball, like this, the sports yeah. where, you know, it, 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 it takes a financial commitment that other sports just don't take. And if you think that Tony D'Angelo is, I got Jacob Trouba is more in the minority in the National Hockey League than Tony D'Angelo is. And if you want any more proof, if you really want to put yourself through Greg level misery just take a walk down Adam Fox's Twitter likes one day. You're not going to like what you see.
4: That's, yeah, well, I mean, it, or, it, or again, unless you do,
2: and then that's your prerogative. That's
3: fine. Sure. Right?
4: Exactly. <laughs> it, it's not even my. It's not even my views. It's more just. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe like people really enjoy his antics. Uh, it's fi- impossible for me to understand, but I guess that's yeah. the that, that's part league, of the that's part a league, of the culture. Of the a
3: sport. league full of dudes who laugh at their own farts in the tub. Even <laughs> I'm the guys still who laughing. went to Harvard. I'm part of it. Yeah.
2: I'm part of the problem.
4: I, it, it's oh, just,
3: it, it's a, you know, the lowest common denominator is very low. Let's just put it that way.
2: Right. With that all being said, you said earlier, Emma, that you didn't really like some of the moves this off season. So I guess let's just get to that now. Your bo- Why don't you like Dryden Hunt? Yeah, what's what's up? your problem what's with What's up? You don't want hunt? to go hunting?
4: Uh, I guess not. I guess not. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I guess every single prospect that we have is, uh, according to Rangers' Twitter, the next coming of uh, of Brian Leach, according to Well, you don't get it. Niels
2: Lundqvist is Adam Fox 2.0. Like, he's just that (laughs) good. You don't understand. He's untradeable. He's ranked ranked 43rd on Scott Wheeler's list, and he's the best prospect in hockey. (laughs) (laughs) I just, the the thing to
3: me that is, it's funny looking back on it a little bit. It, it, It at least gets a chuckle out of me because we sit here and say how many times how how often do we need hockey teams our favorite teams to bet on the young talent but it's we say that mostly because guys like jack eichel aren't available
4: right the, the, i mean and that's not even an off-season move that we have made i'm like commenting on the discourse about the move that we haven't made but yeah i mean the butch nevich like return my jaw dropped um and we don't need to beat that to death. Like we already understand. I really do wish him all the success in St. Louis, but I, I, I I think that the, the short-term emphasis on getting grit, as you guys have pointed out quite a bit was emotional and a bit and, and rushed and not in the interest of the team in the long run. And that's not to say I actually do think, with a little bit more of a veteran or like bigger presence on the third and fourth lines, just beefing those up. I think the Rangers will be a better team next year without Buchnevich. That'll stink. You know, Kravtsov is going to have to take a leap for sure. But I do think that in the short term, at the very least, they should be better and more sound and less kind of schizophrenic than what we saw last year, which also had to do with just the circumstances of the pandemic. But That doesn't necessarily mean that from a development perspective that the Rangers will be better losing some of these players and adding grit in the long run. And I think that that's because at the top, Dolan decided they're ready to compete now, whether they were ready or not. And I mean, maybe that's going to work out, but I am a little more pessimistic than I thought I would be in August of 2021 of this rebuild.
2: I think you have every right to feel that way. Uh it is sort of the hey we needed cap space we moved Bozhnevich, we brought in the grit, the Ryan Reeves thing we were calling for months and uh just seemed seemingly happened kind of an overpay there but it is at, at the end of the day like not that big a deal. I I hope. I think Ryan Reeves will be beloved by this Ranger fan base pretty quickly, but extending him is a very strange like I don't understand why you would extend a fourth liner for one more year. It seems like it was part of the deal. Maybe it was just making right. Gallon happy. I have no idea. But the, the, you're right. The team will be much better. Uh, I think. Mm. I, I don't know about much.
4: Yeah, I, I just said better. So I don't think. Much right. in my mouth. I, uh, I, even though you're it, the pope, you can't do that.
3: It's just. It's very difficult, and we've talked about this before, and it's 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 worth rehashing again, especially since again, uh, nothing has fucking happened except for the big trade that probably happened. In the two weeks that you do, you remember that trade that happened this? yesterday?
2: That's crazy, incredible. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. I mean, uh, I go for like a, a hot dog that re- reduces your lifespan for five years. That's man, how that is Joey Chestnut alive? <laughs> like that guy,
3: that guy has to be like negative three at this point in his start in, in his tenure. Um, oh,
4: god, I don't even want to see what his intestines look like. I, hot dogs? <laughs> I also don't want to do the
3: math of, to figure out how many hours and days he's lost off his life from. Just defending his. Shout out to the New York Post who just has
2: like the best title guy in in the league. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
4: unbelievable. Well, right, definitely. Was that Joey Chestnut's related? No, I
2: don't think so. Oh, Oh, no.
3: Well, my, my, the the thing that got me down this, the the, liberal rabbit hole that landed on Joey Chestnut, the, the, essentially, um, I just don't know how much better the Rangers are going to be, is essentially what I'm getting down to. Because you're just betting on the kids. All taking a step forward.
4: I think that's a safe bet, though. Yeah.
2: I mean, they're one and two. I mean, if not now, when, Greg? If well, not... it, my point being, Kako
3: definitely took a defensive step forward last year. Also, he's
2: it, we... thick now. I think you're not saying that enough. He is I... so thick.
3: Credit, credit where credit is due. When, <laughs> he, when you got it, you got it, and right now he's got it.
2: Squatting like a madman, he's running upstairs, looking like he has to poop or fart in a tub. There's a lot going on. Why? But if he's, have if we he's pooping
4: about in tubs, in
3: we got bigger head. issues.
4: <laughs> this, why is why is Kako pooping in tubs?
3: But he yeah, is his leg
4: day. We know that.
3: I've For never sure. been to Finland. I don't know their traditions. I am very
4: Finnish, uh, Greg. If you if you're curious, I'm one of oh. that. Uh, yeah, my grandmother. I've been there. Her name was okay. and she was Finnish. She'd be very, she used to follow the rangers just because there were fins on them back in the day. So I'm very much in, in her tradition. Wow.
3: So then Emma, as an expert, how many tubs have you shitted in your life?
4: <laughs> uh, you know, I couldn't count them on right. uh, on on my hands. Honestly, right. I might have to go mm. a little it's bit. It's a Finnish
2: tradition. We don't count it. Yeah, that's part of got it. it. Got right. it. Got I it, it. I said yeah, we because yeah, I'm definitely Finnish. I'm part of this. Now.
3: I'm telling you, that's my, how it's a
4: part of my culture. Right.
3: Yeah, that's how you guys fought back the Russians during World War II. <laughs> 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 they came in, they were ready to conquer, and it's then the they're like, Jesus sauce. Christ, these people are shitting in tubs. Yeah, we're done.
4: Fucking psychos, guys. You have to listen to this
2: number one New York Ranger podcast. Why is that? Okay, what? Sit back. They they tell you everything. So. The, the, the,
3: this this is the crux of my. The Rangers will definitely be better next year. It, it first of all, you're betting on a lot of a lot of kids taking that step forward, and they should. Kako should score more. Lafreniere should score more. Kravtsov should provide the Rangers lineup more depth that they've never seen before with a scoring upside. Heedle, if it's if we're getting first half Hedele for an entire year, he should be better. Strome is whether we think Strom or the Rangers think Strom, is a long-term solution. He's proven to be reliable in the role that the Rangers had him playing in. We're hoping Artemi Panarin doesn't have to take a a two-and-a-half-week
2: vacation retreat.
3: I wouldn't call it a vacation, but I'll call it a retreat. We're hoping Mika Zibanejad is the guy that played against the Flyers and not the guy that was recovering from COVID-19. You're hoping for a lot, but you took away Pavel Buchnevich, who was this Rangers' most complete forward last year. Again, the guy who most played, quote-unquote, tough to play against gritty that this team is now trying to emulate themselves after they've taken him off the roster and again i just i keep going back to how many times we were told that the new york rangers wanted to change up their top six we understood that someone had to come out of the top six to make that possible and it did but if that was just a clear room for kako and Kravsov, i'm i'm just not sure the defense is better keandre miller we would think We'll have a more balanced season next year than he did as a rookie because every rookie, if they're not named Adam Fox, it's a wall, but we're essentially betting that Adam Fox continues to be the best defenseman in the NHL, which I would very much enjoy. We're continuing to bet that Fox Lindgren is going to continue to work, which I hope it does. We definitely did improve with Nemeth on the third pairing, and we hope Niels Lundqvist can be at least more defensively competent than what Tony D'Angelo was at that point. We are hoping Igor can stay healthy we're hoping one of Georgiev or Keith can come in as the backup and be serviceable when Igor is not playing. There's a lot of ifs and hopes. And I got to tell you again, going back to a point about being a Mets fan as someone who has based an entire life of if the Mets do X or if player Y does Z, then everything will be fine. I got to tell you, not a sound strategy, no, really bad I, strategy.
4: I, I totally get everything you're saying some of those ifs are going to pan out. My point is just that, and I'm kind of maybe straddling the line between where Ryan and you are at right now if Ryan thinks it's more definite that they'll improve. Like, I think in the short term, they will be an improved hockey team. They'll lift their floor, if that makes sense. But the ceiling, I think, has been diminished by the moves. Is that yeah, succinct?
3: I, I, I will go with that. I don't think they are worse than they were last year. And whether they are
4: Which 10 I, points I, I better... Have, I have faith that Lafreniere is going to take take a significant step in a non-COVID season, given his talent. I have significant faith in Keandre Miller, not as much as Lafreniere. And I think that maybe, you know, Barclay Goudreau can play some, or uh, Goudreau can play some of Bucinemich's role on the power play. And I think that's enough, given... You mean
2: the, you mean the you penalty know, kill?
4: Penalty kill, sorry. Yes.
2: You guys are going to hate what yes. I'm, I'm going to say. Well, you
4: before you
3: do, before you do, <laughs> I'm just... I don't think the Rangers will be worse than they were last year, even if all things are equal. Because, again, a lot had to go right for the Rangers to finish where they did. But also, a lot went wrong when you think about it in retrospect. Again, like, Igor wasn't Igor for the entire season. But Aaron disappeared. Zibanejad was a shell of himself. Heedle either missed half the season or struggled coming back off a uh, respiratory illness that affected his play very clearly even after he wasn't testing positive anymore so it's like a it's a mixed bag of so much went wrong but a, a lot of things did go right but the the thing I'm pessimistic about is the Rangers took one of the things that very clearly went right in a lot of creative ways and they just haven't replaced it they're just hoping that the things that no longer go wrong will make up for this one thing that went right very clearly and hopefully somehow all of this
2: will make us better I got doubts. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid probably pretty hard. And the Kool-Aid for me is Gerard Gallant, who's going to change the culture. You're not a fan?
4: No, no, no. I mean, that was more of a, yeah, but it came out. It came out. It came out
2: like a, no, Ryan, you're an idiot. But I get it.
4: Yeah, I I didn't mean to.
2: It's okay. I I think this team is going to be suited for his style of play. His, I mean, he's a, a proven winner of a coach. I mean, not a Stanley Cup winner, but a proven at least, Regular season, like the team's going to be ready every single night. The four check strategy, I expect him to deploy Lafreniere and Kako in ways they've never been deployed before, in the in the National Hockey League at least. And I I expect him to make the most out of his situation with the players he is given. I could really see this team finishing in the top two, three of the Metro. I actually think there's uh, clearly I think there's still a chance Jack Eichel gets traded to the Rangers, or he's already on the team if you're listening to this. And if he is, I I could see I could see a two. I could see a top two finish in the Metro, like pretty sip like easily. I could see a situation where the yeah. Capitals
4: fall off. If Eichel is on the team. I think that's realistic. Without Eichel on the team, they're not. I don't think they're finishing in the top two.
3: Yeah, I don't know what crack you smoked before you came on the show. <laughs> I just today, feel good. Whatever it is, you should sell it out. Bro. I
4: feel good. <laughs> let me let
2: me drink this Kool Aid. I'm ready right yeah,
3: to You should be that. I the the guy on Twitter who
2: said he's using Lyft to sell drugs.
3: That could be you, right <laughs>
2: Don't let your dreams be dreams. That's the, that's where I'm at. I I listen. I think the team the team underachieved tremendously last year. A lot of one goal games. A lot of questionable coaching. A lot of time on his conversations that Greg and I did not want to have over and over again. And you have a, a a young defenseman who's maybe the best defenseman in the league. Norris the winner under no money contract. Pretty much right now, you're able to put the talent around him. You have it. You have you have a top two left winger you have a potential Vesda winner a winner or Vesda competitor goalie like you're ready to roll you got all the pieces I don't understand why they can't be that good number one overall pick number two overall pick two years in a row it's all there it's everything once, you want I will
3: once I will once again say I have no idea how you can look at last season all things considered and say the Rangers underperformed I just I I don't agree with that mindset whatsoever you're the, the teams around them, the Flyers, underperformed. The Rangers oh, were the a... Flyers. Oh, a f- Fantastic. <laughs> I hope they keep
4: doing what they're doing I for
3: drink a very long time. I drink
4: that up. I drink it up.
3: Uh, but I, I just... The Rangers, the end of the season went horrifically, but they were a team on the periphery of the playoff picture for much longer than any of us thought the New York Rangers would be on the periphery of the playoff picture. And again, they did this without half a season of Mika Zibanejad being Mika Zibanejad. They did it without Artemi Panarin, quite literally. They did it without a competent third-pairing defenseman. They did it with Jack Johnson for a couple nights. They did it with a coach that everyone seems to think is horrible and doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So I don't know how you can look at where the Rangers finished last year, how they played up until the final two weeks of the season, and take a step back and tell yourself that, boy, this went horribly wrong which is to me what saying underperforming did. I think the I think last last year was like a top 70 percentile outcome that you could have asked the Rangers to put forth knowing what we knew going into a janky ass season with made-up divisions where you only played seven people eight times each and without fans. I just I don't know how you could look at that season and go, yeah, that team underperformed, but they're clearly better now when their only big moves are Barclay, Goodrow, and Patrick Nemeth. And that's – whether Ryan Reeves is a, is a meme at this point, and it's fine, but the guy's also not going to play more than seven minutes a night. Gerard Gallant's not exactly going to put him up there on the first line. So when you look at what the, quote-unquote, big moves that the New York Rangers made this year, it was a competent third-pairing defenseman who's great, put in a put a Swedish adult with a Swedish child, and hopefully it works out. And then there's Barclay Goodrow, who's a, a very good defensive – forward that will give you literally zero offensively and I like the move a lot more when I thought he was going to play on the penalty kill with Pavel Buchnevich instead of in place of because Buchnevich also provided you with a lot of offense so I just you're expecting a lot of growth and I got to tell you Alexei Lafreniere and Kapokako won't be the first NHL players that don't take logical growth in their second and third season respectively and who knows what we're getting with Vitalik Kravtsov at this point? Who knows what we're getting with Niels Lundqvist? There's a chance, as great of prospects as they are, that they both just completely shit the tub. And they're not what we think they <laughs> are. Motherfucker. <laughs> uh,
4: what was that? Eighth mention? Yeah.
3: Shit the well, tub. I, out. I
4: respect you. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate you respecting my heritage. Right?
3: Yeah. I, I listen to my guests. Unlike Ryan here.
4: Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, look, I'm, I'm in between you guys. I think it's going to be a good season next year. I don't foresee without an Eichel trade there. And even with one, if he actually ends up getting that surgery, that's probably going to cut into October, at least, I'd imagine. Yeah,
3: give him, whenever he gets the surgery, just add three months, and that's when he'll yeah. finally play a game for your favorite hockey team.
4: God, these like, honestly, I, I understand that it's not just about, like, treating people right in sports. There's an inherently exploitative nature when you have Uh, owners paying fractions of like their wealth to players that are generating a lot more money than that and uh, trying to squeeze them for every penny but like the way that the Pagoulas are conducting business right now is unconscionable I mean it's just like it's it's immoral and wrong and fucked up and they're making the
3: Houston Rockets look good which is really hard to do
4: they're making the Houston Texans look good I mean like these guys are these guys are this is not the way to treat another human being, especially someone who, whatever you want to say about Eichel, he gave his body and like soul. He was the captain of their team. It's just not right. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know how you conduct your business this way and expect to have any success running a team and attracting anybody that wants to play with you in the future, but it is. it's it's the nhl and like hockey players will hockey but like even this is so ridiculous that i imagine this stink is gonna you know stick around with this organization for many years in terms of how they treat their players
2: well i guess that's a nice transfer uh to james dolan and (laughs) and how maybe you can comment because i don't follow the knicks nearly as closely as you do but he took his eyes totally off the knicks this offseason seemingly let Leon Rose and, and company run everything. And now the Knicks went from having one national game to 22 in oh, one man. year. Uh, how are Leon you feeling? The
4: Don. I- I'm feeling good. You know, I, I really, I'm, I- I- I'm encouraged by the off season restraint, which is not something that has been a part of Knicks history in the past few decades. Um, you know, I think the Fournier signing is going to be really good just in terms of getting a shooting presence. That's going to be more consistent for the Knicks. Um, And then if Kemba's knee holds up, you've got like a really decent backcourt for the Knicks for a significant period of time in pieces that are movable. Like what I love about all of these contracts is that the, the Knicks haven't hamstrung themselves in any way. And so they're going to be able to be flexible and they, you know, I, I wasn't totally in favor of, of one of the trade downs in, in the draft, but it did still acquire a future conditional first rounder that could be packaged to look sexy for some sort of team with a disgruntled star. So I'm happy about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a shocking turn of events, but it seems like, you know, if, if the Dolan energy is not with the Knicks, it has to go somewhere, right? matter cannot be what is it energy or matter cannot be destroyed or oh, damn it why do i attempt this if i don't know the punch?
2: something term? about
3: Tubbs. Um, something, something something about tubs yeah. oh gotcha good, yeah.
4: good, good point um so I, I i'm encouraged not in terms of like championship tomorrow but the knicks have to first and foremost before skipping a million steps have to become a place where people want to play again like that's really what has to happen and having consistent winning seasons um with at least some sort of framework in place that's a good step in that direction all
3: right your your takes are too measured and well-reasoned right now so let's piss you off and talk about the Giants wow uh Uh, I traded Saquon Barkley straight up for Stefan Diggs am I an idiot or am I the smartest man alive
4: are you in a PPR league or you sure am
2: wow fantasy talk
4: Hmm. I actually think it is smart like, Stefan Diggs is going to have another monster season. He was one of those guys that was going – I forget what round he was going in last year, and I was, like, kicking myself that I wasn't going to going to get him because he's a part of – and I love the analytics community in every sport except for the NFL because I think they get it wrong a lot of the time in the NFL. Like, he was the, – the analytics community in the NFL could not get over Josh Allen's completion percentage, and they really perceived him as – not a good quarterback and i was watching him and i was like no he's a good quarterback we might have this debate about zach wilson in the future greg but um because i think we did have it in the draft i said he's going to be great well he's a Super
2: Bowl yeah, winner I, he, he, he looks good just, for two drives at a preseason game so he's obviously a god well it's,
3: the, that's the,
4: not what that is
3: the problem the problem and emma that i'll let you get back to digs in a yeah. second but the, the the genesis of our disagreement uh, is essentially how to evaluate the college game And Uh I just, I don't put a lot of faith or stock into quarterbacks at small schools that have a history of not performing well in the times they have to play big games. And that is what Zach Wilson's entire BYU tenure was. He played one meaningful game last year, and it was against a surprisingly good Coastal Carolina team. And he got rocked. He lost. He was the direct reason they lost. That means something to me. I just, I can't shake my head. Patrick Mahomes play? Texas Tech. I also didn't like Patrick Mahomes coming out. of He college. actually said
4: Patrick
2: te- okay. Mahomes was, was like a bust. It was like the worst yeah, Greg take he was- of all time.
4: This is gonna be the same situation. I'm telegraphing it for you right now. Get off of this train. Zach Wilson's gonna be good. He can sling. It. I, he makes. But I will. He-
3: I will. I will say this: while Texas Tech wasn't a great program with Patrick Mahomes there, Patrick Mahomes had a lot more experience playing in big games, whether he won or lost them. He had to play Texas every year. He had to play Oklahoma every year. He had to play Oklahoma State. He had to play big programs. Zach Wilson didn't. Zach you're Wilson got the, to eat the shitty making, ones alive.
4: Yeah. No, but the, like the thing, sorry. The thing about, I debate for my job. The thing about the, like. <laughs> yeah, we know. The, 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 right. um, I, like the 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 now I'm, I'm stumbling over myself but it is like nearly 8 p.m. The like this is the same argument that, that was used against Josh Allen though that Wyoming's competition level was not the same and you can't evaluate a player when he hasn't played any big games when he has he threw interceptions all that stuff. It's more just like about looking at the guy and does he pass the eye test and does his arm look like it I, belongs see, to I, the NFL
3: his arm belongs to the yeah. NFL but I'm, I'm not 100 percent he's Josh Allen still does three or four things a game where he's just bonkers bullshit crazy. And when it works, it's great. But there are times where it clearly doesn't work. And I remember vividly last season, it's a game the Bills ended up winning. But when they blew that 27-something point lead to a Jared Goff-led Rams team, Mm -hmm. a lot of that, I understand the defense plays a large role in it too, but a lot of it was Josh Allen just got cocky and started doing stupid shit. And I just I, I think there's something inherently in Josh Allen. If but he they're can in that it,
4: game because of that guy. They are. In they that were game. in that
3: game because they, again, yeah, like they broke it open in the first half, and they just like they're they were the the marathon runner who got out to such a big league that when they ran out of gas, they still got to cross the finish line first. I'm still not sold on Josh Allen. He's clearly better Absolutely. than what I thought he was going to be. I he's clearly whatever. I I am also a firm believer though of. You put Josh Allen on any of the other 31 teams and this just doesn't work. He's in the one situation where the talent is being perfectly groomed by the personnel, coaching staff, and front office in place. They are doing everything to make sure Josh Allen is going to be successful and they're doing it well. But I don't don't think if Josh Allen, but, but they don't, when you have Josh Allen, you don't necessarily need one. And also, again, going back to your James Robinson point that you made, earlier on this show you could just find one for a year you don't need to invest huge money into that running game they've made bad bets on who those running backs were going to be i still like moss i think he could be fine i think singletary can be fine i think those are very good complimentary backs the problem is they don't have a guy to compliment mm-hmm. those two yeah. but i again that running back is such a correctable problem and josh allen is the best running back on the bill see buffalo well, fans we can-
2: do t- talk nice about you isn't that good yeah
4: guys? Well, look, I'm saying I, I, I'm like going out on my limb here. Josh Allen's like on a hall of fame trajectory in my oh view. God. I, 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 I,
2: I, yes. I love yes. Josh Allen. I
4: love him. I, 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 Jen, I don't, I I don't necessarily agree. Like someone like Tom Brady was set up with a perfect situation last year. Like Josh Allen doesn't have Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones and like a, an offensive line that was built specifically for him and Mike Evans and Chris Goblin and Antonio Brown, like, these are, that's a team that goes, we will do everything we can to please you. It's not the same up in Buffalo. And the defense was not very good last year, despite McDermott being a defensively minded coach. I think that he is the entire team. If Josh Allen went down, Mitch Trubisky's honestly not a bad backup for him. Stop. No, <laughs> no. For him, for his skill set, because Trubisky's got a decent, good athleticism and he can't be accurate to save his life, but his arm is not week. So like in terms of a backup that complements your starter, he's not bad. So my point just is like I'm going to hang my hat on Josh Allen. I'm hanging my hat on Zach Wilson being good if the Jets don't destroy him.
2: Which brings but us I like to... what they're
4: doing too. And we'll see <laughs> and we'll see where we're at in the 5 years and then maybe we'll make a friendly wager after the show and and uh see how that goes.
3: I think I, I wouldn't be as dramatic. I I've after Patrick Mahomes, I've learned to not be as dramatic in my takes. There are of course situations in which Zach Wilson is very good. I just I would not have. I definitely wouldn't have taken him before Justin Fields. I probably wouldn't have taken him before Trey Lance. I'd rather have him than Mac Jones. Justin I guess. Fields
4: is crazier and more inaccurate than Josh Allen. Like I don't know, strong arm guy, similar kind of. Player, but he's probably a better athlete. We've gone him, this long, guess. and I
2: have to ask because yeah. we've talked about quarterbacks, and we somehow have danced around Daniel Jones. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. Like we're running out there, and he's trying to throw us the ball; he just keeps missing. How do you feel? So after <laughs>
3: after Mitch Trubisky is no longer the Bills' backup next year, is Daniel Jones? Question: uh,
4: Good would be a good good situation for him. Like, ah, oh, damn. So, I don't know where it's going to go this year. It's either going to go well or it's going to go really bad. Um, and and he just – he may not have it in terms of, like, the internal clock to keep up with an NFL pace. And, of course, in terms of setting your quarterback up for success, Darius Slayton, who is a wide receiver three at best, um, was Be his nice. top receiver. I'm a big Slayton believer. I like him as a guy, but, like, there's a reason they – overpaid for Galladay, and they went out and got Tony um, and if Shepard isn't concussed every time he's he's actually a really good um, receiver who's very consistent but um, I think Daniel Jones has the potential to be a top 15 quarterback in the league probably not more than that his athleticism despite falling down is really good but he doesn't know how to utilize that athleticism off schedule yet and it may not ever come and that's like the biggest issue is all of these quarterbacks coming out out now they play backyard football they understand how to make plays outside of the pocket and Daniel Jones is just such a robot and like, doesn't under, doesn't have a concept of when the pressure is coming. That's why you see all these turnovers, his passes. Like he doesn't even have a strong arm like those other guys. He's got touch. He, when he has a clean pocket, he can dice you up, but that's not the reality of the NFL anymore. You've got to move around. Um, and so I I would bet 60, 40 that it's going to be bad to to good, but like, you know, I actually like Joe Judge a lot. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, it's, it's so like emotional for me to even think about it being like a disastrous season that I, I, I've, I've shoved off the thought in my mind.
2: Well, Emma, I can't thank you enough for doing sports hour with us. Um,
4: I appreciate it. It's cathartic for me. It's
2: it's very nice of you to stop by and give us your time. I appreciate it. If if Jack Eichel did get traded, we're sorry, but it, I mean, if it's to the Rangers, nice. that, well, was, that was sick.
3: You're nice. you're sorry. I'm still gonna have to do something about
2: it. Yeah, we'll have to. I'll have to teach you how to put something out. That's for sure. Um, yeah, and uh, Emma, I can't thank you enough. Where can people find you? Follow you? All that stuff
4: um you can follow me at emma big on twitter you can watch the majority report it's a really funny show um my uh my host sam cedar he used to write comedy so he's it's actually like if you like politics if you like joking around jesus i'm so bad at selling this <laughs> hey stuff. If, you like um, jokes, like... if you like jokes like you like jokes <laughs> uh you can tune in uh we're we're uh at noon eastern every weekday um on uh the majority report everywhere you can look it up on the discord or on twitch or on youtube etc awesome emma. and peacock right? wow peacock. peacock
2: there you go oh hey he sign up premier premier league there you go all right yep. emma thank you so much uh thanks for joining the show you can follow me at or i'm in the woods right now you can follow greg at Wordsworth Break, and we'll be back with an ot later this week and i'll be back next week we'll talk about everything that happened live if i missed anything at all bye guys love you bye
0: at parker our purpose is simple We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
5: When everyone's on the same page...